0: Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own Heritage of Faith. Thank you for joining us tonight for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage, and we are coming to you live one week before Christmas. And tonight, if you want to be part of our conversation or if you'd like prayer, As always, you can give us a call, and our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, can we give a shout-out tonight to two parents who dedicated their
1: baby in our church last week? We sure can, Micah. So we say hello tonight to Janina and Carlos,
0: Yes, and to their beautiful
1: little (laughs) girls, Layla and Isabel, and what a joy it was last week to dedicate little Isabel to the Lord Mm -hmm. with with Janina and Carlos and, and Carlos's mom and sister were there. And Janina's parents were there, Micah. Yeah, yeah the grandparents. And, of <laughs> the grandparents. And tonight we're so blessed to have Janina's grandparents in the studio with us tonight. And Edgar and Anna, you are special to us, and to our church for many years. Welcome to our program tonight. Thank you,
2: Pastor. Thank yeah. you, Pastor.
1: And wow, when we first started our church years ago, you were you were bringing up your two small girls for the Lord. Now Janine is a mom, but you were looking for a church yes. 27 years ago. And God brought you to Heritage. And you Amen. have been so faithful through these many years. Yes. And you, you are a blessing. I, I, I'll never forget those early times when we... I came to your kitchen table, yes, right? Remember, yes. we we did the Bible studies together. Yes, we
2: did a Bible study, and we got saved at the kitchen table in our apartment through your guidance.
3: Me. Yeah, we had different meals, and it was beautiful. Y- Thank y- you, Pastor. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and what a joy to have you on the program with us again tonight. Thank you for being with us. And this evening, dear friends, we are going to look at... It's a difficult passage, but when you get into it, it's a fascinating passage in Romans chapter 9, beginning at verse 25, and we're going to go down to the end of verse 33 tonight, and the theme this evening is God is faithful. Michael, we looked last week that God is fair, Mm -hmm. so we're going to keep the alliterations with F there. God is faithful. (laughs) God is fair, righteous, and God is faithful. Yeah. He's consistent. We can trust Him. God is faithful, dear friends. And we're going to read tonight Romans chapter 9. And I'll start us off at verse number 25. God's Word. As He also, as he saith also in Hosea, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place... Where it was said unto them, You are not my people. There shall they be called the children of the living God.
0: Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as Esaias say, said before, Except the Lord of Sabaoth had left us a seed, we had been as Sodoma and been like unto Gomorrah.
2: What shall we say then, that the Gentiles, which follow not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel, which follow after the law of righteousness, had not attained to the law of righteousness.
3: Wherefore, because they saw it not by faith, but as if it, it were the works of the law, for they stumble at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed.
1: Amen. So we'll pray. Thank you, Father, for your eternal and inspired word. And this evening, our prayer is that any under the sound of our voice who has is not building their life on you, Lord Jesus Christ, as their foundation, perhaps there are some tonight who are stumbling over you and are offended by you, Lord, even during this Christmas season. We pray that anyone who is stumbling over you would believe in you and then build their life upon you because you're the rock of ages. So bless this this program tonight and we thank you that you are faithful in jesus name amen 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 Amen. so romans chapter 9 the big picture of romans chapter 9 is we should not be surprised by jewish unbelief toward the lord jesus christ and the bigger picture of that is that the jewish people are really just an example of all people Hmm. and so we should not be surprised by Gentile unbelief, Mm -hmm. because there's such really a small number of people that are saved. We might wonder, and what am I believing? Is it right? Is it true? How come if if this is true, more people don't believe? Mm. But the reality is, (laughs) most most Mm -hmm. have not. Mm -hmm. What did Jesus even say? Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many go in thereat. Few are they who find that narrow road. And dear friends, in the midst of Jewish unbelief, or Gentile unbelief, another thing to always remember is God's word and purposes, God's plans, We you say it this way, God's decrees, Mm -hmm. what he has said would happen. Mm -hmm. It will happen. Mm -hmm. And man's unbelief, the small number of people who are saved, will not thwart, Mm -hmm. will not overthrow God's plan. God's plan Mm -hmm. will always come to pass. Jewish unbelief, did not cause God's Word to fail in the past. Neither will their unbelief today cause God's word to fail, and your unbelief won't either. Dear friends, so, you know, so what's the point? So if your unbelief isn't going to thwart God, get on his side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, get on his side, dear friends. Believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So God is faithful. That's tonight. Now, last week we learned God is fair. God is fair in showing mercy to whom he wills. God is fair in hardening whom he wills. He hardened Pharaoh. God is fair in molding vessels for his own glory. And Tonight, we want to see not only is God fair, but God is faithful, even to those who may fight his plan. And this evening, Micah, I also want to just make this point. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Jewish unbelief. Mm-hmm. We're not being hard on Israel. Right? Israel is really just an example yeah. of general unbelief, you yeah. know? But yeah. it's, it's it's showing that even though God has particularly shown favor to national Israel, mm-hmm. and yet they, they still are unbelieving, mm-hmm. it just shows you the rebellion of man's heart the in general. Heart. Yeah. So we're not mm-hmm. being hard on Israel. And we are actually are very pro-Israel, and we believe that they're the apple of God's eye, and he has not forsaken his people, and he still has a plan with them. Maybe we can talk more about that. But two main points that we want to look at tonight of God is faithful. The first is that God is faithful to redeem a remnant Mm -hmm. among Israel. So in verses 25 through 29, and this isn't the easiest passage of Scripture. In these nine verses, from 25 down to verse 33, there's seven different quotations from the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning here, beginning at verse 25 through 29, Paul quotes four different passages Two from Hosea, two from Isaiah. And together they show that God will still restore Israel. God is going to still do his work and save a remnant in Israel. Now, the argument is a bit technical. We have to understand the history of Hosea as well as a bit of Isaiah to grasp this. But we want to look at this tonight, how God is faithful to redeem a remnant, among Israel, and again, I think we can extend that mm-hmm. to even the Gentile nations. Mm-hmm. So, Brother Edgar, as you as we start us off tonight, in our King James Bible, it says Osi, <laughs> O-S-E-E. <clears throat> okay, so that's Hosea. That's speaking of Hosea, and this is where Paul is quoting from. And he's quoting from Hosea chapter two, verse twenty-five. So for what reason do you think Paul quotes from Hosea 2.25
2: in verse 25 of Romans chapter 9. Yes. uh, Actually, I think it's verse 2.23, uh, Pastor. I believe that Paul quotes from Hosea 2.23 because he wrote uh, this while Ahaz, among other kings, was reigning and Israel had turned his back on God. Mm -hmm. So God judged them and brought them into captivity. Because of their rebellion towards God, Hosea wrote in Hosea 1.6, I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Even though God judged them while the Assyrians were ruling over them, Mm -hmm. in Hosea 2.23, we can see very clearly that God promises that he will be merciful again and says, I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy, and I will say to them which were not my people, Thou are my people, mm. and they shall say, Thou are my God. Mm-hmm. So even when Israel turned their back on God, God fully restored them to their land during Christ's ministry on earth. Israel continues to turn away from God even today, but they will turn to him again, and as expected, God will show mercy to them. Mm-hmm. What we see in the Bible is that God's people are inconsistent with God, and we see a God Who is as just as consistent in judging sin as he is in forgiving and showing love to those who repent and come back to him. Yeah. And so, Israel, thank
1: you, Edgar. What Israel really shows all of us is that God is faithful to still have mercy on rebels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and again, Israel's no different than us. It's just that they did rebel against God and, and, and will look as well and it's interesting how Paul quotes first from Hosea 2, and then in the yes. next verse he goes back to yes. chapter 1, but the, the fact is, is this gives hope. Mm-hmm. The way God dealt with Israel gives hope for all rebels mm. who feel like they're being punished by God. Yeah. Mm. So, dear friend, maybe you even feel like God is punishing you, that you're under some kind of curse, that there is no hope for you. No, what what this is actually saying is that there is hope for you. Yes. There is hope yes. for rebels. Mm. And so, dear friend, maybe you got to a season of rebellion against God. Give us a call. We have beautiful people here tonight who will take your call and pray with you at 929-333-3739. Again, 929-333-3739. We're here to say tonight, there's hope for rebels who mm, feel amen. punished by yes. God. Yeah. Micah. Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so God is good, dear friends. And Hosea shows that God is restoring rebellious Israel to his covenant blessings. And I believe that Paul and as well as Peter, and I would actually like to go to first Peter chapter two. I want to read the scripture because it's so similar to what Paul is quoting. And so it's, it's interesting. Really, that the apostles grabbed hold Mm -hmm. of Hosea. Yeah, okay. You know, and Mm -hmm. Peter grabs hold of Hosea as well in chapter two. So there's something here that's very important. We're in first Peter chapter two. Peter writes, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I believe he's talking to Jew and Gentile there, Mm. that God can take Gentiles and make them, and he's made us. We're Gentiles, all of us here tonight, but we're a holy priesthood. We're a a royal priesthood and a holy nation. We're God's people, and we live now to show forth his praise. As he says, and then in verse 10, and here's the Hosea passage. Hosea 2.23, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So God's dealing with Israel gives hope to all Gentiles who have been in rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I actually, we got a question that came in from a
0: listener of the radio program, and he was pointing to this verse that you're talking about in Peter, um, and he was saying, okay, if Christian believers are the chosen people, how can Israel still be the chosen people? My answer to him, so you tell me, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but my answer to him was both both are true. Israel is a chosen yeah. people different than we
1: as believers are a chosen people. Is that how you would the, say that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we looked at, when we say Israel is a chosen people, too, that God chose them as a nation, but that doesn't mean every Israelite mm, is saved, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's saved must be born again. Yeah. But God chose Israel as a special nation through whom to work to bring his son into the world. Mm-hmm. And so, and what we're even seeing in Romans is that many times Israel m- m- was rebellious yeah. against God, mm-hmm. but there was always a remnant yeah. of Israel faithful to God mm-hmm. so that God could fulfill those promises to bring his son into the world through the seed of Jacob, or, right. or Israel. You yeah, know? And he will work with them again and, and then, in the future. And everyone who is saved can there also say that they're the chosen of God. Amen. They're the elect yes. of God. Amen. Yeah. So, so now, after verse 25, Paul quotes from Hosea once again in verse number 26, where he says, And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people there shall they be called the children of the living god so here he goes from hosea 2 and uh, he goes to hosea chapter 1 verse 10 so talk to us about the significance of this please
3: um yes pastor i i actually also i like what you mentioned about the israelite and and jewish people that you said that this message is for all of us mm-hmm. and i feel that even what hosea is is quoting from here uh, I mean, Paul is quoted from Hosea. It, it, it refers to Israel, but it also relates to all of us. Um, I see the significance of Paul quoting from Hosea Romans, uh, in Romans 9.26, because um, Hosea one ten speaks of God's restoration of Israel and says, you e are the sons of the living God. Mm. Paul is referring, uh, referencing Hosea to remind us that the nation of Israel will once again be restored to God, just as Gomer was to Hosea, um, in the in the Bible book in this Bible book, uh, the book of Hosea, mm-hmm. we find Hosea, a prophet, who was told to marry a harlot, a harlot named mm-hmm. Gomer. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
1: That's. I mean, the Bible has it all, right? <laughs> <Yes>. I mean, <laughs> go marry this yeah. harlot. Now, m- many people believe that she became a harlot after he ma- married her, but nevertheless, uh, that's what she became. Yes, go ahead, Anne. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you.
3: No, it's okay, <laughs> Pastor. Um, um, so, yeah, it is a—so uh, uh, he, he winds up marrying her, and uh, throughout what would be their love story, Gomer returns time and time again to her life of sin. mm mm-hmm. um, but each time God urges Hosea to restore her and to save her from this life of darkness. This story mirrors Israel's relationship with God mm-hmm. and how they too would time and time again return to their life of sin. Um, Hosea and Gomer have, even have children and gave them names that represent Israel's re- rejection to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, names that mean no more mercy, and you are not my people, and I am not your God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a strong um, uh, (laughs) attitude. You know, these names represent God's attitude towards Israel, Mm -hmm. and he's chosen by rebellious people. And actually, all of us.
1: (laughs) Those are some names. Imagine naming your child, no more mercy on you. (laughs) You (laughs) You're going to get a lot of spankings.
3: (laughs) Yes, and... um, They had become just like the Gentiles. They were scattered and they were lost. Mm -hmm. But just like Hosea's redeeming love protected Gomer, so too does God's mercy restore and redeem Israel. Um, So again, I believe that the significance of Paul quoting from Hosea 1 is that even though the nation of Israel has rejected Jesus, They are sons of the living God and will one day turn back Mm. and find redemption and restoration to the Lord again through Christ.
1: Amen. That's right. That's exactly right. Micah, would you like to comment on that? Yeah, I think uh, what
0: Anna said is correct. I think it could be said, you know, that Paul, by quoting Hosea in Romans 9, is actually Mm. pointing to the overarching narrative of Scripture. You know, the story of Hosea, it's like a living example of this greater story of God because looking ahead. In Paul's day, God will ultimately rescue his unfaithful Jewish people, just like Hosea rescued his wife and God will bring the Gentiles also into the family of God. So while the names of the children in Hosea's story play an important role in God showing God's mercy, Hosea's name is actually critical in the story too, because Hosea means salvation. So mm. this prophet Hosea is literally named for the act of rescue, mm. which he then acts out. And if I could just take that one step further, because I love to look at the meaning of names. The other important Hosea we know of in scripture is a man whose name was changed in Numbers chapter 13. It happened really fast. You almost miss it, but Moses changes the name of one of the spies that he sends into the promised land. Let me
1: guess, let me guess. Who, who, who? (laughs) (laughs) Joshua!
4: Yeah, he takes the name Hosea. I'm sorry, I I took took your your No, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He he
0: takes that name, Hosea, and he inserts the name of God, Jehovah, into it, making it say the Lord is salvation. So Joshua or Yehoshua, Mm. it means the Lord is salvation. And This, of course, is the same name as Yeshua, which we know as the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, So just like Hosea was named after the act of rescue, Jesus, Yeshua, was named for his ultimate act of rescue, Mm. the salvation of
1: mankind. So Hosea points Mm. to Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful, beautiful. Dear friends, and here's the thing, and listen carefully, dear friends, a name in the the Bible in these instances is, is an identity. yeah. yeah and man, so yes. Hosea's children was named, you're not my people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will not have mercy on you. Mm-hmm. But then God changed their identity. Yeah. Yes. God changed their identity and said, I will have mercy upon you. Mm-hmm. You will be my people. Mm-hmm. And so here it, it is for us, dear friends. When you feel like you've lost all hope, and that your identity of who you are has just uh, made you feel like a, a total failure, like an outcast, and like maybe some people even believe they're, they have a generational curse upon them. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, people feel that, yeah. that they're just, because of their family history, that they're under some kind Mm. of a curse and that God can't have mercy on me, this gives everyone hope that God could change your identity, dear friend, and show mercy to you and show his grace and remove the curse and give you a blessing.
4: Amen.
1: Can we pray with you tonight at 929-333-3739 because I do believe, you know, when I thought on that, that there's people who feel that they're under some kind of a curse mm-hmm. out there, and that you've lost hope and you feel like you're, you're a castaway, and that your identity is, I'm not a child of God, but but you can become saved amen right there's That's what always hope yeah that, that's what this passage is really telling us, dear friend, that there is hope for you. So we're going to go to a song. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And this song is one now, I think it's one of the most favorite Christmas songs that's out there today. And you'll enjoy this. Mary, did you know? Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. Call us and we'll pray. He is the great I Am. That means He's God manifest in the flesh, dear friends, and how we need Jesus, our Redeemer. And we do invite everyone to... Heritage Baptist Church, this coming Sunday. Mm. We're going to have a great service mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, yep. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. We'll have our Bible study hour. And by the way, Edgar and Anna, you guys lead a
2: marriage ministry class in our church, and we're yes. so thankful yes.
1: for that ministry.
2: And how's that going? It's, it's going, going great, Pastor. We had a, a lot of people today, and I guess we are... We are By sharing everybody's experiences uh, among the group, we are having a a great uh, time and testimonies. Amen.
1: I've always enjoyed the class, and I appreciate so much. It's a great need. I mean, it's a great need, the Mm -hmm. family. Because I preached even I preached this past Wednesday about Aquila and Priscilla, and I said that a s- strong marriages will produce a strong church. Amen. when marriages yes. fall apart, churches will fall apart. Now thank God for the single people mm-hmm. and thank God for faithful single people Amen. because many Amen. times it's the single people that, that do a, a lion's yes. share of yes. work and faithfulness and giving and Amen. attendance, but still, the marriages are so important, so yes. I'm thankful for that yes, for that ministry, brother.. Um okay, but I just wanted to invite everyone for Christmas Eve because yeah. I didn't lose my place. <laughs> Micah, you're preaching next Sunday. Yes, oh, yeah, after man. you're in Hawaii, you're gonna come back. <laughs> and and I know you're gonna be all fired up and ready to go. We're yes. looking forward to Christmas Eve service at Heritage Baptist Church. So dear friends, eleven A.M., you will be blessed to come to Heritage Baptist Church next Sunday and hear our dear brother Micah preach the Word of God. He is a wonderful preacher of Scripture. So, Micah, we are greatly looking forward to that. So, uh, Micah, as we continue this evening, we Mm -hmm. see how Paul says we shouldn't be surprised with Jewish unbelief, or anyone's unbelief for Mm -hmm. that matter. And Paul is showing such an incredible knowledge of scripture, yeah. quoting one scripture after the next. So he moves from Hosea to Isaiah, mm-hmm. quoting from chapter 10 verses 22 and 23 here. Yeah. So let me read Isaiah chapter 9:27 and then you could comment about how wh- what kind of pa- point Paul is making here. Okay. Romans 9:27. Isaiah also cries concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. Yeah, so in this
0: case, Pastor Paul is referencing the section of the Old Testament where Isaiah prophesies about the Assyrian captivity of Israel and its aftermath. Which happens just a few decades, um, you know, after Isaiah prophesies it. So in the prophecy, he predicts that when God eventually orchestrates the defeat of Assyria, only a small number of Israelites will actually return to the land and return to God. So in the specific verse, Isaiah ten twenty two, the prophet laments, for though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. And so, like Isaiah, Paul proclaims again the emotional pain and despair he carries as a burden for his Jewish brothers and sisters. He knows, you know, that for the most part from his people, which are as numerous as the sand of the sea. That in and of itself is a fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, but only a fraction of those, or a remnant, will turn to
1: the Lord and be saved. Yeah, a remnant. That's a a really interesting word. It's the only time it's found in the New Testament here. But when we go back to this Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 10 passage, we see it, I believe, at least four times. It's in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20, where it says, The remnant of Israel. And he says that no more will this remnant stay upon him that smote them. In other words, the remnant will not put their trust in the Assyrians Mm -hmm. that actually Mm -hmm. uh, uh, smote them them and captured Mm -hmm. them. But it says they will stay upon the Lord. Mm -hmm. That word stay means to lean upon, trust, and find their support in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what a remnant does. Mm -hmm. A remnant puts their trust. In the Lord, and then he says, "The remnant shall return, the remnant of Jacob." So he repeats this in Isaiah mm. chapter ten, and then he says, "Unto the mighty God," mm. and that's in Isaiah chapter ten. What did he say? And I- who's the mighty God? In Isaiah chapter nine, for his name shall be called Wonderful, the Messiah, Counselor, Jesus, yep. mm-hmm. the Mighty God. Yeah. So this is this passage is this, the chapter after that great. Mm-hmm. Sp- a passage mm-hmm. that focuses on who Jesus, Jesus is. Yeah. Unto us a child is born. Mm-hmm. Unto us a son is given. And his name is the mighty God. And it says this remnant, when they return, will put their trust and stay upon Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is God. the mighty God, dear friends. But yeah. then, you know, in this passage, and this is very cryptic, Mike, of verse number 28, where God says and he will finish the work, and he's quoting again from Isaiah, and you you referenced it in that Isaiah chapter 10 passage as Mm -hmm. well, but Paul is quoting now from Isaiah chapter 10 and verse number uh, 23, but he says, he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because a short work Mm -hmm. will the Lord make upon the earth. So what work? Or what is Paul referencing here in mm-hmm. this passage? Yeah, well, this quote um,
0: that Paul quotes pretty much exactly—it's a reference to Isaiah's prophecy about the coming destruction of Israel by way of Assyria, and God said He was going to do it quickly, you know. But surely, Paul isn't just talking about a centuries-old event, you know. I've heard it said in, that in the West, here we think of prophecy as prediction and then fulfillment. Period, you know. But the Hebrew understanding of uh, prophecy is that prophecy is cyclical. So a prophecy made in Isaiah's day could apply to his generation, to Paul's generation 800 years later, and then to our generation today. And I think mm-hmm. that's the case here. So in yeah. Paul's generation, There was soon to be another devastating event for the Jews. The temple in Jerusalem would be destroyed in 70 A.D., and the Jews would be expelled from the city. Mm -hmm. And the expulsion would not result in the total annihilation, though. Praise God, a remnant would survive. And then in our day, you know, we can surely point forward to another fulfillment of this prophecy in the coming time of Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation. Again, the destruction of Israel will be swift, but not complete. You know, If you read through Daniel and Revelation, in that day, another remnant of Jewish people will be spared mm. and ultimately saved, namely 144,000 Jewish witnesses, said in Revelation 7, but also those that they witness to and those that become believers and those that shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord.
1: Yeah, so in other words, there was a cyclical pattern yeah. of judgment of God, God's judgment upon his people, mm-hmm. but God always spared a remnant <laughs> of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And that's that's really great. That's awesome. And you know, when you even think about Israel in the days of Jesus, yeah. it was only a remnant of Jews in in the days of Jesus who really Followed believed him. on the Lord. Yeah. And 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 the mainline elite establishment leaders of Israel rejected Jesus and obviously mm. had him crucified. Yeah. Yes. And then in AD seventy Jerusalem was destroyed destroyed, but God has always kept a remnant of his people, dear friends, and as you just referenced, even the tribulation. Mm-hmm. God is going to bring the tribulation upon Israel, and you know, it's really, these are amazing days we're living in. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. somewhat frightening. Yeah, mm. We don't know what the future of <laughs> no, the, yeah. the 2024 is going to be, Yeah, but what we do see is a growing anti-Semitism mm-hmm. still in the world, Unfortunately, And yes, yeah. And it's sad to see it so strong in yeah. our our in our own culture mm-hmm. in our own educational institutions, mm-hmm. and it shows really an ignorance of 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 God's choosing of Israel and of God's future plan for Israel mm-hmm. But what I do believe that it also points to is that is that during the day before the, the, the days leading up to the tribulation, yeah. there has to be a strong anti Israel sentiment that's right. going to be growing. Yeah. Now, why would I say that? Right. Because the Antichrist is going to come in and sign a peace treaty. Yeah. He will be like the master politician negotiator mm-hmm. yes. to be able to sign a peace treaty yeah. for Israel mm-hmm. to tell other nations hands off them. Yeah. And so the. The anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment that's around the world is, I, I believe, it, it could be leading to that. We don't know when the yeah. Lord's going to mm. come.
0: Yeah, and yes. I, I would just say that, you know, when you studied the Holocaust, when I heard about the Holocaust growing up, when I read uh, certain books or saw certain movies about the Holocaust— and, you know, people would say, never again, never mm. again. And you, you would agree with that, like, oh, this could never happen again. Well, today that we're living in, yes, you can see the beginnings of it happening mm. again. And so as terrible as that it is, it's terrible. What it does, it it shows you the reliability of the Scripture because Mm. the Scripture says it's going to happen again. So now we're starting to see it again. So it
1: it gives me even more reason Mm. to believe the Bible. Yeah. And just one last point on this verse, because it's a very interesting verse and often overlooked. I mean, how often do you hear anybody say much about Romans 9.28? He will finish the work, cut it short in righteousness. I believe that's talking could be talking about the future tribulation time. Mm. He's going to finish... The, and the work there, both, that word work is twice in that verse because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. The word is actually logos, which mm. is the word, word. word. Mm. So, in other words, he will finish the word, which is the word he has decreed, the work he has decreed he would do okay. by his word. Mm. He will finish his word. Mm. He will, and he will cut it short. I believe that could be referring to the future Tribulation hmm. time, but God is going to finish His work, and He's going to He's going to fulfill His purposes. So yeah. let's get get down into verse twenty nine, Brother Edgar, where Paul quotes another verse in Isaiah, and you could read that verse in Isaiah chapter one and verse nine, where Paul quotes from in Romans. I'll read Romans nine twenty nine. You could read Romans yes. one nine. Okay. okay, so Romans nine twenty nine says, and as Isaiah said before, except the Lord of Sabaoth, had left us a seed, we had been as Sodom, we had been like unto Gomorrah. So can you share what Isaiah
2: 1-9 means in this context? Yes, Isaiah 1-9 reads, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. This verse highlights God's incredible grace in a time when Israel as a whole was sickly And rotten with just a few Mm -hmm. believers left. Mm -hmm. They were saved under Mosaic law, and Isaiah states in Isaiah 156 that the entire land of Israel was sick, faint of heart, Mm -hmm. and wounded and bruised from head to toe. Mm. Only Lot and his family were left as the one remaining genuine children of God. Overall, Israel had become like those two infamous cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, in Isaiah one ten. These cities remind us of uh, man's gross sin and God's divine righteous destruction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just as God showed grace to Lot and his family and saved them from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, God will save a remnant of Jewish people because He is faithful. Mm-hmm. This also shows us that we shouldn't allow our surroundings. To affect our lives negatively. On the contrary, it is we the ones called to show the world that God is faithfully consistent and He is the same yesterday, today, and always. Amen.
1: Amen. God mm. is faithful. Thank you, Edgar. Mm. He does not change, mm. He is true to His word. Amen. And I love that He has left us a seed. And it, it reminds us as well that when Abraham was pleading with God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, God said he would spare them if there were even 10 righteous. (laughs) So there were less than 10 righteous in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he destroyed the city with fire. Mm -hmm. So it reminds us that what is really keeping America preserved as a Mm -hmm. nation, it's not our mighty military. Mm
4: -hmm. It's our
1: righteousness. It's the people of God. And it doesn't take a lot, but it could be a seed, Mm -hmm. just a remnant. Mm -hmm. So it reminds us, dear friends... Be faithful, Mm -hmm. even though everything around us seem like it's putrefying sores from the head down to the foot. Be a remnant. Mm -hmm. Be faithful. Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel alone. And maybe you'd like for us to even pray for you tonight. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. Micah? Yeah, Pastor, well, going back to the idea of prophecy being cyclical,
0: this verse, it also reminds us that there's this pattern in the Bible where God destroys a place and its people Because Mm -hmm. of their wickedness, but Mm -hmm. he graciously preserves a remnant. So there was, of course, the worldwide flood in uh, Noah's day in early mm. Genesis where God destroyed the whole world but saved Noah and his family and then the very next time God destroyed a place as Edgar mentioned it's in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah and again God preserved the remnant Lot and his daughters and then in Isaiah's day the prophet he describes the people of Judah and Jerusalem like this in Isaiah 1-4 he says a sinful nation a people laden with iniquity a seed of evildoers mm. children that are corruptors they have mm. forsaken the Lord they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger they are gone away backward and so Paul is pointing back to Isaiah, who himself is pointing back to Genesis. In each case, the people are living in wickedness and rejection of God. But again, God's precedent is that because of his grace, even in his destruction, he leaves alive live a seed and a remnant of people. Yes, he
1: does. Mm-hmm. So, dear friends, this is a great challenge for us. The only thing that's keeping America back from destruction are Christians who are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So keep your saltiness, dear Christian. Mm. Keep your light shining for Jesus Christ. And it's the presence of true believers which has a preserving influence upon society as well as a light to those who are in darkness. So let's be that light even this Christmas time. Amen. Mm. Yes. And so... That's the first point this evening. God is faithful in redeeming even a remnant of Israel or amongst Gentiles. And God's word will come to pass, and men's unbelief will not thwart God. The second thing we see, not only is God faithful in redeeming a remnant, but God is faithful in requiring people to be saved by faith. Mm -hmm. And God isn't going to (laughs) budge. He's not going to budge on that. That will never be saved by our own works or through our own religious rituals. Is So, Anna, the question here, based on Romans 9.30, and let me read it. He says, well, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. So that the Gentiles here, he's saying, have attained to righteousness, not through works, but by faith. So the question, Anna, according to that verse... Is God faithful or consistent to receive anyone on the basis of faith and faith alone?
3: Um, yes, Pastor. This is a question that Paul is addressing in Romans nine thirty. Um, mm-hmm. If he, you know that God is, cons- if God is consistent throughout all uh, Scripture, um, but He is consistent. In mm-hmm. all Scripture, we see that salvation comes not by works of righteousness which we have done, mm-hmm. but according to His mercy and mm-hmm. grace through faith in Him. That's right. Um, in both the Old and the New Testament, we see Gentiles like Rahab, Ruth, Cornelius, and even the Ethiopian eunuch uh, that find salvation by grace mm-hmm. through faith in God and not by their own works. Mm-hmm. Even in Hebrews 11, it states that salvation is God's gift, and God's people are saved by faith. This, remind, this remains true today. So God has always been cons- consistent and faithful with his plan of salvation to all on the basis yeah. of faith. Faith alone
1: that 's right, and paul 's made that point as well in Romans when he talks about Abraham, mm-hmm. the father of the faithful, the friend of God, Abraham believed God, it was reckoned to him for righteousness so it 's kind of interesting the phraseology there Mike, that Paul uses. he said the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness. attained to righteousness what paul's really saying there they didn't follow righteousness through law keeping i believe Mm is Mm -hmm. based on the next verse Mm -hmm. they weren't seeking to be righteous through their religious law keeping but they sought the righteousness which is of faith and he'll get more into that in chapter uh chapter 10 Mm -hmm. but micah did you want to make another comment or point about verse 30. Well, I just think that uh, Anna made such a good point about it
0: being consistent through the Old Testament and the New Testament, but... Uh, one thing I love about the internet is that we can see all kinds of testimonies even today. You know, mm-hmm. you watch, you can watch testimonies of Muslims who are dreaming of Jesus or watch testimony. I saw one of a Buddhist woman who had been worshiping statues her whole life and she came to Christ. So there is this consistency that, you know, it's not about works. They've tried the works. Mm-hmm. They've been worshiping Allah or worshiping, you know, the statues and their ancestors and all this stuff. It's when they finally, there's some sort of crack in their faith and like they mm-hmm. get this revelation yeah. of Jesus and then he is able to show them that it's through his grace, his gift, as Anna
1: said. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Micah. That is so true, and it. it, it my heart is yearning mm-hmm. for any listener out there, Jew, or Muslim, or Hindu, or Baptist, mm-hmm. or Catholic. <laughs> yes. yeah. You're just, but you're holding on to a, a religion for your righteousness or things that you do, whether it's baptism or whether it's fasting. Or whether it's Ramadan, or whether it's the Eucharist, or whether it's baptism by immersion. None of it saves. Only Jesus saves. And faith in Him and in Him alone. Mm -hmm. And another thing, before we move to this next point, is the thing, the thing that struck me so hard about this passage Mm -hmm. is that it's a, a, a chapter a lot about the election, yeah. how God chose Isaac and God chose Jacob, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and and people use this to to strong to sometimes overly teach this matter of election. But Paul finishes it with faith. How the Gentiles, they're not the chosen people of yeah. God, so yeah. to speak. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like there any Gentile nation is specially chosen of God. Yeah. But he says the Gentiles have attained to righteousness by faith. Mm-hmm. So, dear friends. You cannot use as an argument, well, maybe I can't be saved because I'm not the elect. (laughs) No, you can't. Mm -hmm. You cannot use that argument. Mm -hmm. If you think that you're not saved, then believe. (laughs) And you will be saved. (laughs) Then believe, and you will be saved. And give us a call, and we'd love to help you with that tonight. And pray with you at 929-333-3739. So, Micah, as we come down to the end here of this chapter We see that there are two things that happen when people do seek to attain righteousness through law-keeping by good works. Mm -hmm. The first thing that happens is they fail to attain to true righteousness. Mm -hmm. So from Romans chapter 9, and if you would like, you could read those verses, verses 31 and 32. Can you speak more on how Israel followed after the law to become righteous? but did not attain to righteousness before God through their own works. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'll read 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness,
0: hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. So I'm going to make an, an analogy here. It's a flawed analogy, but take it for what it's worth. Um, if you've ever watched a greyhound race on television, you've surely seen that in order to make the greyhounds run as f- their fastest, as fast as they can, they use a bait. And I was looking it up this week, and it's called a mechanical hare. Mm-hmm. A hare is in a rabbit. And it runs on a mechanical track and it's always a few steps ahead of the hound. So, because the greyhounds never they're never actually meant to catch the mechanical hares; just used as a tool to make them chase at full speed. Are they
1: that stupid then they keep (laughs) chasing it, even though they never catch
4: it? I guess so. I guess (laughs) so. But in a way,
3: you know, it's a
0: flawed analogy, but in a way it's a picture of the law. You know, we've learned already in Romans that the point of the Mosaic law was not actually to attain the law. Mm. God was using the law given on Mount Sinai as a tool to show Israel that they never actually could attain moral Mm. perfection. Um, Paul said in Romans 3.20, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And then he said in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the people living under the law could chase it with all their might, and usually mm-hmm. they didn't even do that. But God's point wasn't for them to attain it. It was yeah. to show them their need for a Savior. Amen. Yeah.
1: Two things. The law that, – that's great, Micah. Thank you for sharing. The law was meant to stop our mouths – from claiming our own righteousness Mm -hmm. because the law shows us we're sinners Mm -hmm. and then the law was to be our schoolmaster so the two s's Mm -hmm. stop stop our mouths and to be our schoolmaster schoolmaster meaning to lead me to jesus Mm -hmm. the one who kept the law the Mm -hmm. one who is the righteous one and when we believe in jesus we have his righteousness given to us Mm -hmm. okay so in now as we get down to verse 32 and 33 edgar Paul again quotes mm. from Isaiah. You're in Isaiah tonight, yes. Isaiah and Hosea, huh? <laughs> um, so the second thing that happens when people seek to attain righteousness through law keeping, the first is they don't come, they don't attain to true righteousness. The second thing is when people seek to attain righteousness by law keeping is they stumble over Jesus. Mm. They're offended by Jesus. So how does Paul communicate this as he quotes from? Isaiah chapter 8, verse 14.
2: Yes, some of the Jewish people of that time believed they didn't need a Savior because they were compliant with the law Mm -hmm. and living according to that law. So the Mm -hmm. idea of needing Jesus to attain salvation was a stumbling block, as Paul states in 1 Corinthians one twenty-three. They thought they could save themselves. We can see Peter also describes this in Peter 2, 6-8, when he says that believers find Jesus precious, but those who rely on their own self-righteousness stumble over Jesus and his work. But Scripture makes it clear there is only one way to obtain righteousness and become become right with God. It boils down to accepting or rejecting God's Son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. The law can only show us how imperfect we are, and how much we need a Savior. We are made right only through our faith in Christ who died in our place on the cross.
1: Yeah. Jesus spoke about this in a parable as well, that Jesus is this stumbling stone. And Isaiah chapter 8 says that Jesus would be a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense Mm. for both the houses of Israel. And again, Peter... In First Peter chapter mm. two, Edgar, as you well quoted, yes. and here Paul again, they grab hold of this and say, "Yeah, this was prophesied, so we shouldn't be surprised if mm. Jewish people st- are stumbling over Jesus today." Mm. But dear friends, maybe you have stumbled over Jesus, and you say, "I just can't believe in Him." Mm. But dear friends, stop stumbling over Him, Amen. Yes. And trust in Him because for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which Mm. is Jesus Christ Mm. you can build your life on him you don't have to stumble over him Mm. so Micah would you like to comment as well
0: yeah well you know Paul sometimes talks about running a race Um, Mm. not specifically here but you know for a Christian Jesus he's the most important important part of our race you know he empowers us he sustains us he's Mm. our guide he's our goal in that race you know but for a non-believer as they're running their race in a very different direction with a different goal they see Jesus as a hindrance sort of like an obstacle in that Mm. race like sometimes you see race of runners you know and they and they trip over something and fall down and then everyone behind them falls down and as Edgar (laughs) says you know they're seeking their own salvation through another way but since Jesus said that he's the only
1: way, Amen, then yes. it's, a, it's a bitter offense to them, and they stumble over him yeah. in their race. It, it actually makes perfect sense, too, doesn't it, that mm-hmm. if someone thinks they can become righteous before God mm-hmm. by keeping their nice. own works... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm then they don't need Jesus. Mm -hmm. So then that's the sense of stumbling over him. Mm -hmm. So we have to get to the point where we say, I need Jesus. Amen, yes. I need his blood to cleanse me. I need his life to save me. I need his righteousness to justify me. So Anna, as we come down to verse 33, it says that whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. So what verse is Paul quoting from here? And how is this a challenge to us?
3: Paul quotes here from Isaiah twenty eight sixteen, that while Jesus is a stumbling block and a rock of offense to those who don't believe, like all of you just said, mm-hmm. he is a precious cornerstone and a sure foundation to believers, and that those who be, who believe in him should not be ashamed. Mm. So oh. during this uh, Christmas time. This is a great message for everyone. Mm-hmm. Jesus was born to be our foundation stone and a rock upon which to build our lives. We shouldn't be ashamed of him, and instead, we should look for opportunities to be a light and share his amazing grace boldly with our family and friends. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, yes.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes, praise the Lord. This is a beautiful, that's actually a Christmas message, Anna, isn't it? (laughs) That Jesus Christ, born in a manger, Mm -hmm. is the one whom we must not
0: be ashamed of. Mm. Amen. Yeah, I was thinking about other passages that mention a stone and I thought of the passage in Daniel. It's quite amazing. Daniel chapter two where the king of Babylon has this dream. It's so intense and so perplexing to him that he threatens to kill all of his wise men mm. because they mm. can't tell him the dream and interpret it, you know, and then Daniel steps onto the stage. But in the dream, there's this large idol made up of layers of metal, each representing kingdoms, um, of the earth and, After the idol is established, there's this stone. It says it's cut out without human hands, which comes out of nowhere and completely and easily destroys the strong metal idol. It shatters it to pieces like chaff in the wind. And then the stone becomes a great mountain and fills the earth. And Daniel interprets that dream in Daniel 2.44. I'll just read that one verse. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom Mm. shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. And what is that stone which sets up the kingdom of God?
1: Mm. It's Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Dear friends, Psalm 118, verse 22 says, The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Mm. And that's similar to what Paul is writing here, quoting from Isaiah a stumbling stone that is a stone that has been refused he's been refused by many but this Christmas time mm. receive him yes. stop Amen. refusing yes. him he is the greatest gift that you can ever receive call upon the Lord and you shall be saved and we'd love to have you visit our church at Heritage Baptist Church on Sunday we meet at 490 Hudson Street and that's right in the heart of Greenwich Village Manhattan near Christopher Street come visit us at 11 a.m. this Sunday Brother Micah we're looking yes. forward to your message this coming Sunday, That's and we'll good. be praying for you. Oh, thank you. And Amen. dear friends, yes. visit with us. Reach out to us as we reached out to you through our Heritage of Faith conversations. Thank you, Edgar. Yes, thank you, Pastor. Anna. Thank God, you. God bless thank you. you. Thank you and good night, Janina, if you're still out there, <laughs> and Carlos. <laughs> God bless you, your wonderful parents. And Chloe and Phoebe, are you out there? Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful job today. And all the children Amen. of Heritage, yes. can, God bless you all.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website hbcnyc.org and join us again next Sunday at 6pm for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then rejoice in the Lord.